Orb presents the Season 2 Wrap-Up. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And what a long, strange season it's been. I mean, it was the same length as the one before it. But long and oh. strange. Oh, strange, sure. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the season two wrap-up. Yeah, this is where we're going to be uh, sharing our thoughts about the DVD extras for uh, for season mm-hmm. two. We're going to be reading your thoughts uh, offering some uh, uh, final summaries and then getting ready for that sweet, sweet season three action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh, What do you think about uh, what are your your wrap up thoughts on season two of the Venture Brothers? I <laughs> it, it's funny. The thing that is is fresh in my mind right now because I just watched the uh, DVD uh, extra stuff is I, I want I want my Pete and Billy. There's there's no Pete and Billy in this season, Gary. They, they boy, do they make up for it. Yep. In the next couple <laughs> seasons, I've been watching ahead. I'm like near the end of season five now. Yeah. Um, and they they really double down on the Pete and the Billy. <laughs> so any any excuse to throw Pete and Billy in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's I mean not an overall thought about like the quality of it, but you know when we talk about when we talk about this show and we mention like yeah they never really put their toys down once they they they, they never really put their toys away. You know, stuff that's mm-hmm. introduced just kind of tends to stick around and get developed. Uh, that is something of an early, I think, series weirdness that those two major characters just kind of evaporate for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they get, um, you can kind of see how they're a little bit mercurial. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll follow their, their interest and like, they liked them, but they also were like, oh, we have to explore this other stuff. Yes. And then... You know, let's go back to the things we like. Uh-huh. I was thinking about uh, having watched ahead of the show now. It's interesting how the first four seasons um, all kind of expand the ambition of the show in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the you know, the first season is obviously just setting setting everything up. I think the second season is mostly about uh, kind of structural ambition. Yeah, I could see that. Me. Elaborate like, on not that more. Just with like not just with your your houses of of mummies and stuff, but mm-hmm. also it's like the first season where they started doing episodes that weren't focused on the core cast. Yes, you know, like you get your your fallen arches and the like, mm-hmm. um, or you, and you get your uh, kind of bottle episode. Yeah, kind of things in this one, you get your Victor's Echo, Victor Echoes Novembers and and the like mm-hmm. that basically take place at one location. Yeah, they start kind of experimenting with that uh, that format and structure a little bit. The same way that in season three is all about backstory. Yes, like season three is like all these characters have origins. They all knew each other. Mm-hmm. What are they? Um, and then so season four being very clearly about hey, let's mess all that up. Yes, you know, <laughs> like we have an origin, but we what we don't have is a status quo. Right. Let's uh, uh, you know, let's right. deal so, with Patrick Warburton taking a little break from the show for a bit. <laughs> well, he he doesn't really disappear. He's, right. He's in almost every episode. It's just now we also follow Sphinx and OSI. Uh huh. You know, it just it becomes about like the Venture Brothers world, mm-hmm. and that's kind of something that happens in season four uh, and onward. And you get the first inklings of it here mm-hmm. in season two. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely uh, playing with scope. Uh, in this, you know, you talked about the bottle episode in Victor Victor Echo November, but like 
I don't know. There's it. They could not have attempted to do something with the structure and scope of Twenty Years to Midnight in season one, probably. Right? Yeah. Just because they didn't have enough like moving parts, they didn't have enough uh, people to go and do all that stuff in all of those different places. You know, do the rogue globe trading kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and so this is you know a lot of people talk about season three when the show finds its voice. I I'm saying that I think that the the show finds parts of its voice. Mm-hmm. For, like, the first four seasons. Yeah. And it's not really completely, totally what the Venture Brothers is to me until season four, really. Mm-hmm. Because season four is where we have all the, you know, every character is taken seriously. We also uh, understand that things are going to change mm-hmm. on the show. It's not going to be, you know, The Simpsons or The Family Guy. It's not a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and also like yeah. the idea of finding your voice, like that's not a uh, a switch that gets flipped between seasons. You know, it's no. a it's a process. They're finding bits and pieces of it, right? You, you find know? each note one by one. Yes, you know of your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, so it's neat. Like it's it's a really good season in retrospect. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, you know, even on this rewatch, like I think I like this more than season five. Mm-hmm. Like season five, I think is a little bit weak. A little bit, um, but I'm yeah, really looking forward to talking about season three and four. Mm-hmm. So, um, which we will do shortly. We also are going to have your thoughts about uh, season two after we talk about the DVD features. We will. Uh, the centerpiece uh, DVD feature is a tour of the Astro Base, uh, and if you listen to the uh, previous season one wrap up. Uh, heard us talk about the uh, the process of animating Hank and Dean. It's mm-hmm. very similar to that, really. Uh, yes. What with the the Pete and Billy narration, uh, with the uh, uh, you know r- just rapid fire jokes, building up the fake world kind of stuff. But it's a little bit more expansive because it's actually showing their very cluttered working space. <laughs> yes, yeah. and the the joke is kind of that uh, you know it's pretty low rent. Mm-hmm. and garbagey and trashy but they're treating treating it as uh from the future yeah you know uh, with all these little sci-fi elements uh this is pretty beefy mm-hmm. this is the special feature um and there are it's really dense with with fun yeah um you know the when you when you go to they talk about the origins of the astro base uh here created by the uh a, a sex predator yeah dr, uh, daniel, dr. daniel faustus, faustus. <laughs> yeah um yeah. So uh, the special classroom for boys, uh, you know, different than Astro Base Ice Cream Ninja and yeah. Astro Base uh, which, Dinosaur Jetpack or whatever, which was named by some by some of the by some of the kids. Yeah, no, uh, just as a just he proposed this to the government just as a way to get kids trapped in a place. Yeah, yeah, as you do, as you do. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, so when Doc and Jackson go up there, they arrive three minutes before they left. Mm-hmm. Jonah Wilds uh, <laughs> energy, and they do a, a joke that I've seen before that I really love, which is taking a relatively confined space and then just shooting it from <laughs> multiple angles for a long time to make it look maze-like. Yep, because it's so clearly they just have a hallway uh-huh. uh, there, and they, and they have roof access. They have like a ladder yeah. they can go up. <laughs> they can't. They can't emerge from the ladder though. They can climb up it, and then they can pretend to uh-huh. emerge from the top of the ladder. Yep. Stuff. Yeah, they're talking about the, the the seven mile walk from the landing site to the uh to to, to the base itself. Yeah, yeah, that they do in silence. <laughs> the, um, in uh, in honest funny. to god speed suits is what they're wearing, which is fun. Yeah, I was looking those up on uh, Amazon. Yeah, speed suit you can get them. I knew a I I'm, I knew a guy. My brother had a friend who decided to live the jumpsuit lifestyle. Um, Interesting. 
Yeah, he he was not well. Uh, is the thing mm. they just he he was crashing on my brother's couch. They, they, they were old military buddies, and then just at one point he decided uh, all jumpsuits all the time. They're just easier. <laughs> it's very tempting. <laughs> yeah, like, he sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the my my general boxer shorts and t shirt. Uh huh. You know, uh, it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is two though instead of one, and two is more than one. Two is more than one. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> when they eventually get to their uh, their place, it is it's pretty scummy. Like this is obviously some weird industrial. Yeah, yeah. You know, New York like pipe hallway. <laughs> um, and and like it was, it, it's one of those from I you know like before those were cool. You know, before that, yeah. I mean, they kind of always were a little cool. Like, I was always envious of Wayne's new house from Wayne's World 2, you know? That's a, that's very similar. Yeah, big vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is before, like, all these startups decided, oh, it's cheaper to not finish these walls, so let's just pretend that this is cool and chic. Expose brick, everybody. Yeah. Don't lean against it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which it, it's, it's a bummer because I love it, and now it's hip. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, I was like way into that, like, or, or like the uh, house that Big gets in the movie Big. Yes. Yeah. You know, the apart- Big's apartment, his second mm-hmm. apartment, not the first one. That's Dean's apartment in Bright Lights, Dean City. Right, right. Um, the first one, the second <laughs> one. Um, they, they're showing all their stuff, which is really fun, just to look at all the uh, garbage they have. Yes. Around. Like it is, it is a, a very Gary style creative space. <laughs> like this is the kind of clutter that appeals to me. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it just, and, it strikes me that like they never, okay, we can't get rid of this. So we, let's get a shelf for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. That tact. Yes. Just put stuff up. Cause you never know. And then they use mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they have Hugo, the man of disguises and it's like, well, he shows up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, to me, kind of the center point of this is the, uh, the stations yes. that they have. Uh, this joke is very funny to me and mm-hmm. goes on for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like, there's only a couple of things that you can do. It's just always manipulation station. Uh, and then they have mm-hmm. like caffeination station and rejuvenation station, but it's like, you know, we need to need to touch up the voices over here in the audio manipulation station. And it's present yeah. that they always say each one as, as if it's the first time they said station. It will, and and just the idea of everything having these little dorky technical names. Yep, <laughs> you know it's very funny. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really cute. Mm-hmm. It goes on for quite a while. And I was geeking out over like the gigantic soundboard. I was geeking out over um, over uh, uh, Jackson Public's Wacom Cintiq, his little drawing tablet. Mm-hmm. Like ah shit, I do want one of those. Uh, it's know? cool to see. Yeah, yeah. You know, where, where they do all the, this the, stuff. the big wall of guitars or the guitar rack that they have that is jam packed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Cool bookshelf, like full mm-hmm. of like interesting looking books. Yeah. Um, like these boys. One of the things I noticed from watching this, like I, I get a lot of jealousy about these boys. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized they both smoke. Right. I was like, oh, this place stinks. Oh, yeah. Like, it there's, does. No, there's no ventilation. It probably smells like death. I don't want to visit this. No, terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be, I'd be surprised if everything didn't have like a brown film on it. Yeah. How 1999 of you guys? I, I know. Right? Yeah. You know, you know, Knock that shit out. public going over to the, uh, to the caffeination station and smoking while he pours himself some coffee. Like, okay, Barney yeah. Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Like, yeah. They yeah, should, they should start vaping. That way everything smells like birthday cake. Yeah. I love everything. Like a cotton candy nightmare. <laughs> like, um, 
And then the next kind of major feature is them explaining the soul bot. Mm-hmm. Uh, who can process over 10,000 anxieties per second. Yep. Uh, whose, um, heart, whose heart is powered by the unexpressed love in a partnership. Yeah. <laughs> just collects it. Yeah. Uh, and then lets it go, which is a loud and blinding yeah. uh, experience. Uh, I love when they have Soulbot sitting there. You know, they have him Photoshop with a guitar uh, with with uh, Doc Hammer playing. And they just kind of say, he, you know, his, his heart can keep perfect time. And he's pre-programmed with Bossa Nova, Salsa, Ballad, <laughs> Rock 1, and Rock 2. <laughs> I love Rock that 2. Is, that's a really, really well-observed uh, Casio keyboard. Yep. <laughs> uh, kind of joke. I know exactly the difference between Rock 1 and Rock 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, that's, that shit's incredible. Um, and also just like, you know, the basis of helper when helper does the, uh, when he's the basis for, mm-hmm. for shallow gravy, yeah. you know, which is, which is coming up, um, the weird swing beat. Kind of thing. <laughs> I, I also like how Soulbot can stay still longer than a melancholic woman in her underwear. Yeah. And the idea that the doc uses him as a model is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Just, we don't hire models. We just watch, he just looks at the pose and then just draws the, mm-hmm. or paints the melancholic woman uh mm-hmm. a, a, around and uh and and over her um yeah <laughs> uh i i do like the way that it ends with uh with, with uh billy being in denial about the fact that uh, they haven't really been used uh and mm-hmm. pete like you know trying to do, throw cold water on them saying yeah oh, we're going the way of baron underbite and he's like yeah no no way mm-hmm. like my backstory hasn't even been why was i explored why was i wearing a black armband yeah yeah and and he's you know it's like the third episode of the next season, yeah. Is, is all of his uh, his backstory. So mm-hmm. uh, Billy gets vindicated. He does right. take that, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get uh, not very good uh, deleted scenes. Yeah, I mean, on the last wrap up, wrap up, you said it would be more appropriate to call these extended scenes. And it's clear yeah. what happens as you're watching these. Some of them are, uh, most of them are animatics, but some of them weirdly are final animation, uh, just mm-hmm. with the, the the radio, the audio play uh, put over them, um, which was surprising to me that like, oh, this this was sent out and came back. But you can tell it's kind of like, okay, I remember that line and that line and that line. This is part of the process of them cutting stuff for time. It's like, oh, we yeah. don't, we don't, need, we don't need to explain that. We can just kind of leave it. We can just kind of let it be, you know, let the viewer put two and two together on that, right? Yeah, context or, clue it. Yeah, we don't need like the, we don't need that third version of that joke in a row. We can cut that, and the first two will suffice. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So let's go through them. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is these get a little bit more interesting as the series goes on. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I believe that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of going episode by episode, um, the powerless in the face of death deleted scenes, um, mm-hmm. not super great. Uh, if you were wondering whether Monarch was turned on before King Gorilla was going to sexually assault him, he was here. You got uh, it. Cause he was, he was having an erotic dream about Dr. Girlfriend. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we get 21 and 24 talking a little bit more about their past lives. Like we knew that 21 was, uh, was a missing kid that he got abducted. Uh, and we're not mm-hmm. going to see that really uh, again. And for, you know, for, I think to like what season six or something like that. Yeah. Quite yeah. A while. 
Yeah, uh, but uh, back backstory about twenty four is kind of uh, is you know is kind of weird and different, uh, and we find out that during the time that twenty four w- was presumed missing, uh, hence working with uh, uh, working with the monarch, uh, his dad married his ex wife. Incredible, <laughs> incredible stuff. <laughs> Horrible. Um, during the uh, heat floats. Um, we just get extended, uh, you know, the phone call between the Monarch and 21 and 24 mm-hmm. goes on a little bit longer. The henchmen are making their pitch on the street to the, uh, to the, you know, the gang members. Yeah. Um, so it gets, you know, that's just a little bit longer. Not yeah. a whole lot to it though. It, it dwells more um, on the weapons, the weapons part. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that part is, is fully, uh, animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, if I'll be so, uh, if an episode didn't have a notable scene, uh, in it, I didn't write it down here in the notes just because it was like, oh, yeah, I don't know why they even saw fit to put that here, but like, I enjoyed in Love Bites when Hank was doing the hand signals, they cut out a line that Brock said that that was really good. Initially, he just says, um, he just says, you have no idea what you're saying, do you? But uh, then uh, he t- he takes a beat and says, "You're just having fun. F- you're just having fun with your hands, aren't you?" <laughs> yeah, which is a better line. Yes, they should have substituted that in. Yeah. Um, in twenty years to midnight, we get Dean finding the meteor from the pilot. That doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could have done the extended cut of Colonel Gentleman talking about toys toys he wishes that he had when he was a lad, though. Yep. <laughs> um, it goes on for a very long time. It's two and a half and minutes. And it's animated because they just loop it. It's really <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> I want like an extended like seven hour version of that. Micronauts. Hank. Which which yeah, micronauts. <laughs> Stay survival. alive. The survival game. The survival <laughs> game. Like the way he ta- the Colonel Gentleman is great. Yeah. Of course I want to have sex with Kiki. Have you seen him? He's beautiful. <laughs> um I'm really happy he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I think thanks coming back, Uncle Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um JJ also, you know, there's a part where he gets upset during that, where they wrote a prescription mm-hmm. for for Johnny, uh, and they kind of just have that out. Like, in the episode, we have to just kind of guess mm-hmm. why he's cranky in the background, but here yeah. they spell it out. He's mad that he wrote the prescription, and the sea captain uh, kind of tells him, yeah, they don't really honor prescriptions written on the back of, you know, candy wrappers. Like, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> right. You know? it, wasn't, it wasn't the ethical breach that you thought were saving the world, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Victor Echo November, we get a little detail. Uh, in the actual episode, it just kind of looks like his game is uh, is you know selling stolen art. You know, like that's that that's his villainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this, he like throws out a line about like, oh, I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps, but all of you know all of my money from these sales, the guild takes it and like puts it into charities for up and coming villains or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> It's it's like the the villain like there's there's like a, a um, hideouts for the home homeless or whatever yeah yeah you know kind of thing like it's it's basically for disadvantaged villains I, I like the, I like the added flavor of Phantom Limb being a fuck you got mine guy yeah <laughs> just adding more to him being the worst okay <laughs> he sucks uh-huh. uh huh I'm also glad he's not dead yeah um. There are some of them in previous episodes. I'm glad you have a note about this. Uh, there are tons of just fat jokes about 21. Yep. Uh, and you can tell because I think that's just, you know, Doc and Jackson just giving each other shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, live. So it makes sense that a lot of that stuff would just kind of get improvised. But I'm glad it was on the cutting room floor because yeah. it's not particularly good. Mm-hmm. Not in a social justice body shaming way. But just easy, it's true. an easy, lazy joke. Like there are other things yeah, you make fun of him for. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not very funny, mm-hmm. you know. 
no, 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 no. What, what, what a, a good worth saying fat joke looks like in 2021. I don't know. You know, even if you take it, take aside the ethics of it, like mm-hmm. what, what is the new take on that? You know, that <laughs> might be truly well and truly dead. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But just, yeah, just, those are, those were peppered throughout. Um, and I didn't make it out of the individual ones. It was just more like here. It was, uh, it was them talking like it was 24 giving 21 shit about having his plate be too full. And then talking about yeah. whether or not diet diet soda counted as being dietetic, which is just not a word yeah. that you hear. Like it, you know, Frank Grimes lunch was dietetic and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, yeah, weird Schwarzwalder word. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, little bit of stuff with Triana talking about her friend's look, which mm-hmm. again they talked about that in the commentary. Yeah, you know how it, it was off a little bit, and they wanted it to be a certain kind of like one of them is a goth and one of them is kind of a steampunk kid. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was Doc trying to hammer, you know, Doc trying to hammer in <laughs> mm-hmm. some you know weird little fashion clique yeah. scene stuff. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Triana, the way that she delivers, like, oh, maybe you could try having real eyebrows next time. You know, just mm-hmm. way cattier than their relationship came across in the actual episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is weird. Yeah. Uh, Fallen Arches, Rusty gets a uh, a comment about Torrid's bathroom uh, stuff. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he says he it's, walks it, in on the bathroom. Yeah. Um, like right after Torrid goes and sneaks into the sneaks into the lair. But Rusty, uh, I think he says something like it smells like somebody threw up in an old refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the uh, that's the line. Yeah. Um, the uh, the try. There's a little bit of the triad doing uh, auditions a little bit as well. Mm hmm. Um, they talk about uh, wanting the the character Grand Dame, um, <laughs> you know, and specifically like they're talking about whether they're con- contrasting with Al, yeah. who asks, you know, what a, what a character's stance is on gay rights mm-hmm. or one of the villains. And they're like, why does that matter? And it's like, well, you know, you guys were horny as hell for Grand Dame. Yeah, you were asking about her know? cup size. <laughs> like, come on, dudes. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, during state dinner, we get a couple of the interesting ones where we get to read the articles. We do uh, kind of flash by in the beginning and yeah. see all of the little like tabloid ads and stuff. And I always appreciate this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it feels very pre-internet. It does. It's like the idea of getting these on DVD rather than just finding like an Imgur link. Yeah. <laughs> and, has them. and also like imagining the television that I had in 2007 when this DVD would have come out, doing a freeze frame and squinting, trying to read the text on it yep. in standard def. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I appreciated the like the like the mock-ups. Like that's an awful lot of work for something that is going to be on the screen for about two seconds. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got a good line out of Lincoln's ghost, which is fun. Uh, they just as he's giving a little bit more backstory about you know the kind of the cosmology of angels or the ghosts becoming angels and getting their wings, and how like he's the only one who hasn't. Uh, I like that he <laughs> that he calls Kennedy says Kennedy that lucky Mick pussy out. <laughs> yeah, just uh, cool. Yeah, cool. The, uh, yeah, pretty pretty uh, pretty intense. But the idea that like all the presidents have to get their wings and like solve a crime or something to move on from the White House uh-huh. is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So I can understand why they cut uh, it, but also you know, yeah. Uh, to me, more kind of uh, disturbing and less funny was the uh, Catherine the Great having sex with Miss Many Faces. Why did they think that would be okay? Horse. For quite a while. Yeah. Like to say, make some sex noises. Uh-huh. 
I mean, it, like, uh-huh. so loud that it drowns out John Benjamin's actual, like, dialogue, which is his advice yeah. to Dr. Orpheus. Like, yeah. what, what were you thinking, dudes? It's it's well, it's it's a real comedy by sub- subtraction kind of thing because it's it's much funnier when there's no advice. Uh-huh. Like the master is kind of a shit. Yeah, you know, and him just being like, you know, Orpheus, you're gonna love this. I'm Catherine the Great's horse. I'm teaching you a lesson about biting off more than you can chew, mm-hmm. and just having him never teach him the lesson, just yeah. like do this little shape shifting, goof him up, like uh-huh. is way funnier. Yeah, I just like the idea of Orpheus the walking and, out. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he's like, okay, <laughs> like, you're having, you're just having fun with your hands, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, much funnier. Yes. So really good cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viva Los Muertos didn't really have anything. Um, and honestly, neither did Showdown of Cremation Creek. Like no. there was dialogue, there was dialogue that like highlighted previous interactions a little bit more, but you know, on, honestly, nothing that shed much light on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the deleted scenes perk up. I know that there are kind of more fun special features mm-hmm. at some point we're going to get from the ladle to the grave. Yep. Um, all that stuff, which is gonna be real fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's, uh, hear your responses to season two. Um, we put out the call for these, mm-hmm. um, both on Patreon and you can also write in at duckfeed.tv slash contact. We'll do one of these for every season. So if you're waiting for your favorite episode to come up, uh, to talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, let us know. Yeah. Please do, yeah. and I will get us. Uh, I will get us started here uh, with Nick, who says via contact. Um, I think that the joke about Hank getting bad touch by Sergeant Hatred is pretty gross, but I respect the show- showrunners for sticking with it as an element of Hank's character, even when it stopped being played for laughs. Hank is one of the rare sexual assault survivors in media who isn't defined by his trauma. I'm not saying that Hammer and Public deserve awards for heroic displays of representation, uh, but it's uh, but that is kind of a cool thing that they did there. Yeah, I like. I also, you know, am, am a mild defender of the Sergeant Hatred arc mm-hmm. of this. You know, as as we said before and foreshadowed, I don't think that they were trying to make Hank not defined by it so much as just not wanting to get into it. Yeah. You know, like it'd be pretty weird if they ended up having the boys like reckon with that. Yeah. In an episode. (laughs) Just like, I don't know how that would work. It it just, Uh, I like, I don't know that they could even attempt to do it like even seriously. Like it it would always come across as making light of it. Now, when you look at Hank's uh, plots down the line, He's always the one who is being taken advantage of by 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 older people a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, just a, there, there's there's no spoiler policies, but Dermot's mom, right? You know, yeah. like he, you know, does tend to like <laughs> lose his innocence, but he never gets less innocent because of it. Yeah, and partly because he gets his mind erased a lot. No, true. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, either through cloning or through the mind eraser machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but it is, it is something where, you know, I'm not going to take this read away from anybody. No, no. If they find that. And I do think that it's, uh, objectively a better decision for the venture brothers creators to not have these characters defined by that. Yes. Um, that would have been opening a door to a lot more tasteless jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's less arguable is whether they should have even opened that door in the first place. Yeah. You know, to have this even be an element of the show. It's always hard for me to, you know, talk about because they're like, you know, what did Henry Darger write this? Like there, there are jokes that I think are very funny that are related Mm -hmm. to, to this stuff. And you know, that I'm not even watching ahead. I, you know, on rewatch, I am maintaining my appreciation of Sergeant Hatred's character and how they treat him seriously. It's not, you know, I don't know whether I'm saying it's worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you like whether the juice is worth the squeeze, but I'm saying that there is some juice. Yes, that you get. It's not just like a slam dunk. You got nothing in exchange for these tasteless jokes. Like mm-hmm. there are some things that I think are actually kind of worth it and interesting and funny. Yeah, that come out of it. Yep, and we'll have um, plenty of Sergeant Hatred next season as well. Oh, tons! And one <laughs> season four. Oh yeah, so much. I mean, that's not Sergeant um, Hatred. That's Sergeant Vatred. <laughs> oh sure. Well, no, he everything except for the D. Oh, so yeah. it's Sergeant VD, actually. <laughs> um, the uh, Stephanie says via contact, I'm watching along with the show, and this is my first watch of The Venture Brothers. I missed it along with every other TV show over the last 20 years because I rarely watch TV. Really enjoyed season two a lot. They did a great job of fleshing out the world and developing the secondary characters more. I just want a show following 21 and 24 around because they never fail to crack me up. Count Me In is one of the few who enjoyed State Dinner. Mm-hmm. The partly unhinged, uh, partly creepy Lincoln, Brock's, Brock's rival, and horny mama mom Manstrong uh, were enough for me to find entertainment in the episode. Love you guys. On to season three. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm happy you enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like watching ahead, even the worst episodes of Venture Brothers, we talked about this, aren't, you know, grim death marches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't like state dinner that much, but it's at the end of the day, it is 20 minutes mm-hmm. of watching cartoons move around. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not so bad. You know, <laughs> like. I'm okay. I don't like being locked outside my house, but hey, it was 20 minutes of looking at the shiny lawn ornaments on my neighbor's on my neighbor's deck. Yeah, yeah. If that was the worst thing that happened to me that day. That's not so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Ted Rodin saying season two is the last time for me, wherein the show has a full on dud. Uh, wherein the show has full on dud episodes. Uh, looking at you, steak dinner. Uh, overall, though, the dialogue, animation, and storytelling are leagues above season one. Victor Echo November, in particular, begins to signal the growing strength of the show. Wonderfully realized character moments set inside of a lore-heavy but pathos-filled world. Also, Hank refers to a hand dryer as being like someone with a fever yelling at me. Uh, to this day, yeah, I my crotch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, to this day, 15 years later, uh, every time I use a public restroom, that line pops to pops into my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an incre- incredible line. Yeah. Uh, always going to gonna go to bat for Dean refusing to put water on there. Oh, no. <laughs> that's how we got into this problem in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's a good episode. Uh, it's a great episode. Maybe it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really hard between House of Mummies, uh, Fallen Arches, and Victor Echo November mm-hmm. in season two for me. Should we do first and worst? I mean, we can. Yeah, I've I got like, the list did of we do episodes. That last season, I feel like we did the last season. Uh, I don't think we did actually. Oh, yeah. Um, if I so we can start it, now. Let's, let's yeah. uh, take let's take state dinner out of the equation. Yes, uh, jettison uh, in the uh, in file under water ter- file under uh, water terms. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better. I'm also gonna say we have to take love bites out. Ooh, Ooh what are you gonna pick? Oh, assassin any nine one one, my friend. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty pretty good. I I might say uh, showdown at cremation creek part two. Ooh, okay. 
that's which is less funny and less interesting than I remembered it being. Uh huh. You know, I don't know that's necessarily worse than Assassin Andy nine one one, and it's mm-hmm. definitely not. But it might be like solidly the fourth worst episode of the season to me. Yeah, yeah. Either that or Viva Los Muertos. Even though I do like Viva Los Muertos, Viva Los Muertos would be pretty high up there for me. Um, I just that there's something just really funny. I, I think the Groovy Gang really does steal the scene uh, for me. Mm-hmm. It's just a it, it is a really good. It's really good as a self-contained episode, even though it does have heavier lore hooks. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what's your number one? Number one is tough. Uh, because like there are things that I think are like laudatory about a good number of them. Like I love Escape to the House of Mummies, but you know, I don't know that it is like strong enough comprehensively. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say Fallen Arches, honestly. Yeah, it, like Fallen Fa- Arches is great. Fallen Arches is so good. <laughs> um, I would have said Mummies before the season, and now I think I'm probably at Victor Echo November. Yeah. Um. And I'll th- I'll throw and, in a yeah. uh, I'll throw in an honorable mention for Caged Bird, honestly. Oh yeah, I, I love that episode. Yeah. Um, on rewatch, you know, I used to say that the Doctor is Sin is my favorite Venture Brothers episode, and on mm-hmm. rewatch, I don't think it is. It does have my favorite moment in the Venture Brothers. Though. Yes. So that's uh, ne- next season we've got uh, now museum now we don't. Mm-hmm. That episode's incredible. Scaramantula. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really good. I can take the stairs two at a time. Up, up. Um, just Get the Lepidopterus. Yeah. The Lepidopterus is really good. Um, yeah, great. Um, Shane says via contact. Sorry to just put that in the middle of the response. No, it's fine. It's fine. There's no governing body. Yeah. Um, Shane says, uh, my primary memory of season two is the everybody's free opening montage. I was in high school when season two aired. My friend and I just discovered windows movie maker and would make <laughs> countless edits to that scene, adding video filters and audio effects, really dumb stuff looking back. But at the time it was hilarious. Those edits would grow into a shared language of inside jokes that persisted for years. When I think of those earlier seasons, I remember he and I making our jokes more than the show itself. Oh, that's great. That's very sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a commonality when people write in on like WAF about mm-hmm. a game. Like whenever they say, oh, this game was something I bonded with a friend over or something that was like a real important thing between me and uh, me and a family member. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I just I love those responses. Yeah, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. And hey, it uh, helped you learn video editing, which is a fun thing to do. Yeah, you, you, you learned as well. <laughs> uh panda writes in via contact saying at the risk of sounding like a tv trip's back alley uh i like it when ips stealthily share a fiction in a way that uh goes past easter eggs for example you could tell yourself that demons and dark souls are unrelated um or fallout and wasteland but why would you want to when the developers gave you the room to connect them that said uh this show is more or less the current incarnation of the johnny quest ip even if suits got controlling about it later nobody can say race bannon didn't appear and die in season one uh the later reveal with ben really uh kind of gets to me uh as well as the next season where mr quest offers the boys a covert escape option from the compound Uh, They work him into the lore at several points, and I think the world building is stronger for it. Uh, There's several great payoff points, too. I'm partial to the scene where Dr. Z is shown having settled down with his beard uh, and has dinner with the aging boy detectives. 
Uh, it's interesting to me how they let that Pixar uh, guest, that Pixar guest border uh, handle uh, Action Johnny's introduction and cast Brendan Small to voice him. Uh, I've always felt like this was a piece of the show that was important to public and Hammer, uh, but never seemed to make an impression on the fans. Well, it made an impression what on me. You, yeah. What's the, the Pixar guest border? They 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 got what somebody they got somebody uh like the uh to do the to, to do the storyboard for the scene where they're circling around inside the uh the quest like diving bell thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they just had a buddy at Pixar who did storyboard so they brought in to do that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um Pixar guest border just <laughs> like <laughs> somebody just to act just, like turn, stay, stay turn on the, the house for a month or so. Me, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um no, I, I love that episode. I love the the stuff with Doctor Z, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, the self help episode is really really good. Yes, um, the Hail Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that that's a great part of this. And when they end up showing uh, Reese Bannon in the flashback, <laughs> um, you know, to OSI, like just yep. torturing a guy, uh, just casually in the background. Yeah, you know, the idea of this just being a standard thing is very funny. Yeah. And, um, and like, and Doctor Z becomes—I mean, not major, but he really factors into the later seasons in a way that I didn't mm-hmm. expect. Yeah, no, yeah. and he's great. Mm-hmm. The uh, musical thing that pops up <laughs> when he pops up is very fun. Yeah. Uh, finally, Owen says via contact. Listening to you guys go over season two highlighted for me why I enjoy the Venture Brothers method of parody more than the other Adult Swim shows at the time. C-Lab 2021 is almost an early absurdist comedy podcast that used bad Hanna-Barbera animation as a jumping off point. Harvey Birdman is going to have Fred Flintstone be a Tony Soprano parody or use Apache Chief to make spilled hot coffee lawsuit jokes. Only the Venture Brothers is going to use the Scooby-Doo gang to show up as takeoffs of famous mid-century serial killers in a lore-heavy episode and then kill them off before the jo- jokes jokes stopped being funny geez uh geez to myself not to them <laughs> um we get to see them figure out the show and its characters this season phantom limb becomes more than a fun voice and a pun name who emerges as a favorite character of mine that lets them play with a high-class gentleman thief archetype the order of the triad show up in a big way this season that makes me miss all of them in later seasons when they fade into the background this is the season when they figure out how much fun the Guild of Calamitous Intent can be and make better jokes about it and the uh, make better jokes about it and the SI than Marvel will ever do with S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA. Uh, this season came out in my DVD buying days. I definitely had this season in my PS2 more often than season one, though I did usually skip over a state dinner. The audience divided on state dinner, at least per mm-hmm. these uh, per, per these responses. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of what I was talking about before, how this uh, begins, you know, they do expand, mm-hmm. you know, like it is an expansive show in a way that reminds me of The Wire almost. Yeah. How like every season is just adding to the the stable of stuff they're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is very different than every other Adult Swim show. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I liked all those shows, but C-Lab 2021 is not even really a parody. Nope. Like they have one episode that is, uh, that's one of the weirdest episodes that's ever been aired off TV of anything. Um, but in general, that's, you're right. That is like a comedy podcast. Mm -hmm. Like that's just fun. You know, uh, this is more ambitious. Mm -hmm. I think this is, you know, one of the more ambitious things that Adult Swim did up until, uh, I feel like Tim and Eric came around and basically changed the entire fabric of what like absurdist advertising and stuff would be mm-hmm. you know for for everything yeah so yeah 
you know, and just if the, 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 it almost I I don't even like I would not naturally draw a comparison between Venture Brothers and something like C Lab Twenty One and uh, Harvey Birdman, both of which are shows I like go back and watch pretty frequently now that they're on HBO mm-hmm. Max. You know, yeah. like that's pretty cool. Uh, but I just I the, there's such different things even just from intention, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and one of the things about the, you know, the, that could have had a, the way the story could have went, where the Venture Brothers was too expensive and ambitious. Yeah, to to continue, you know, one, something I think about a lot is uh, on Comedy Central, all the alum from the state got together and ended up making um, Reno Nine One One and Stella mm-hmm. around the same time, and Stella is great. Yep. That is an incredible show, but only lasted for 10 episodes. And I remember reading an interview uh, with Thomas Lennon and him saying like, yeah, if they had made it as cheap as we made ours, they'd still be on the air. Yeah. Like they, they filmed it. They had costumes. They had a budget. Mm-hmm. It was more ambitious than Reno 911, which is just an improv joke cops parody, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I also liked a lot. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I'm really glad that didn't happen with the Venture Brothers. Same. You know, there were there were signs of that with it taking forever between seasons. And I remember even before this, like, you know, it being kind of news when a season would get renewed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you wouldn't we wouldn't quite know mm-hmm. when we're being renewed or when they would actually come out. Uh, things like that. Like it always felt like it was a little bit in danger. Yeah. It felt like a loss leader almost. Yeah. That's a yeah. good way to put it. Like, you know, made up its 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 money in, in DVD sales or something. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad that we got what we got. Same. So, and Hey, I'm glad that I'm glad that there's still a possibility of more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really would like a, uh, a movie. Same. All this in Gargantua three. Put it all together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that's all the responses we got. Thank you everybody for writing in. Um, uh, there's nothing saying you have to write in right before the uh, right before we film these. If you have thoughts on the season uh, as the uh, as we're going, uh, feel free to drop them in. Uh, that's just at duckfeed.tv slash contact. There's a little button you mm-hmm. press for orb uh, and it's a form you fill out. It's uh, it's super quick and super easy. Yeah. If you like forums, <laughs> you will like this forum. Um, yeah, you can also, uh, rate and review the show on Apple podcast. You can support us on patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, get episodes a week early. Um, all these things are appreciated and help us out and let yes. us do what we do. Yeah. Um, I think that's so everything. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, to season three of both the show and the show. And, mm-hmm. uh, until next time, go, go team, team venture. venture. <laughs> <laughs>